0: Hey, everybody. I'm John Dwoskin, an executive advisor and business coach. I work with successful business people who are stuck and want to take their company to the next level. Today, though, get ready to grow your business big, very big. In just a few seconds, you'll meet a dynamic business owner, executive, or salesperson willing to share the best practices that fuel their growth and success. Each interview is no more than 15-ish minutes long, so you can quickly learn effective tools to put into your business today. Please listen with new ears, and let's get to learning... Let's get to growing and let's get to thinking big. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am really excited to have Terry Stern on today. She is one of less than 10 accredited art appraisers in the entire state of Michigan. Uh, I think I got that right. It may even be the country, but I'll let her clarify that. She is incredible. She knows everything about, at least to me, about art. I know nothing but as far as post-war modern art and contemporary and glass and ceramic and artifacts and you name it. Uh, there are people just all over the place asking her to come in and appraise their um, some of their most cherished assets and art, and not to mention she is, uh, I don't know if she's going to talk about it today, but she used to do stand-up comedy. She's hilarious. I've known her for a long, long time, and uh, Terry, it is great to have you on the show. Fill in the gaps and tell us a little bit about you and your company. Well,
1: thank you that intro, it was amazing. We have known each other a long time, too. (laughs) And yeah, so there are about 10 accredited appraisers in the state of Michigan, and around uh, 800 in the country. And uh, about 400 of those are in New York. So it's kind of a specialty, and what I concentrate on are uh, fine arts. So I have a personal property accreditation, so anything that's property-related, so anything that's basically in your house, I can appraise, but obviously my love is for art, and I do specialize in glass. Uh, I have a great specialty in Detroit artists. The art scene in Detroit is booming, and I've been appraising and helping um, emerging artists do that work here. And, uh, you know, uh, collection management, that's kind of been a new thing that I've started uh, doing. I've got five collection management clients, which is basically uh, keeping tabs on their collection, making sure that the appraisals are up to date, and if they're, going, if they're interested in selling the artwork, watching the market and seeing how it's going and getting prepared to sell the artwork at the appropriate time.
0: I mean, that is, that is pretty cool. So, um, you know, as far as I, I want to jump into a little bit about how you started this company, I mean, how did you get into the arts? How did you even, I mean, to have what less than 10 in the entire state, uh, accredited and you're one of them is incredibly impressive, but how did you even, where did the love and the passion come from to, you know, of the arts and then to start the business?
1: Well, it's, It stemmed from my my grandfather. My parents both worked on Saturdays and my grandfather was given the chore of taking care of me and every Saturday morning we would go down to the Detroit Institute of Arts and he would pick one room and I don't know if you know how big the place is but one room each Saturday and we would go and spend time and we would sketch and we would learn and we would have lunch and that was it, only one room and he kept making me want to come back for more and every week we would visit a a different room and, and it was really where I found my love of art and creativity, I would see students from college there drawing and studying art history and I just got hooked and I started taking art classes and history classes and just it, that's where it blossomed and when I went, ended up uh, going to college, I had my degree in fine arts. I concentrated in watercolors and art history thinking I was going to come out of college an artist. And when I was in college, I decided that this historical aspect of art was really fascinating, and not a lot of people know some of the stories about art, so I started to study the history a little bit more, and when I graduated, I went into the gallery and museum world. I've been a volunteer at the DIA once a month since 1994, and I just decided uh, I was going to stick with the art world, and that's where I ended up, and that's... Where I went to school, and uh, actually, my dad was always really proud to say his daughter went to art school and actually still does something in the art field.
0: That is, that is, a, that I loved every syllable of that story. And what I loved <laughs> most is um, it's amazing the influence that people have on us. And you, what's right. your grandfather's name? Dak Schultz. Dak? Dak? So Dak. it's Dak. So it's amazing. Uh, did you call him Grandpa Dak? Just grandpa. Yeah. Well, it's amazing yeah. the influence that people have on us. I mean, think about where your world would be if your grandfather never took you to the to the DIA.
1: You know, I thought about that a lot. I have no idea. I probably would have been a teacher and probably a miserable one.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember, I mean, this is about you, but I'm just going to share a 60-second or less story. But I had such a passion at one point in my life for 12 years. I was in the commercial real estate space. And I was influenced by my grandfather, who was in real estate, and I used to, when I was seven years old, go to his uh, a spec home that he had in Milford, Michigan, and it, I loved watching him negotiate and just interact on real estate, and that planted a seed for me. And wow. yeah. the other seed was that when my dad gave me a set of tapes, that's by Brian Tracy when I was 18, I knew I wanted to grow businesses for a living. So, um, you know, the, to I think the lesson here for people listening are, you know, when you have those people who are influencing you and you know, just pay attention because your career could be in front of you and, and you don't want to miss it. Right. So Absolutely. That's Agreed. great. So let's jump, <laughs> let's fast forward a little bit and talk about, okay. um, you know, you do some pretty intense things and you appraise some pretty incredible pieces. And there's people out there that aren't as accredited as you. And some people, you know, how do people make sure that they're getting the right person to appraise their art and you know what's what are the steps that people need to take i think that's important
1: right well so the funny thing is when i decided to become an art appraiser i googled how to find an art appraiser because that was you know i was like well maybe i'll call someone maybe i'll find information on the internet and actually, the number one thing it said was to find someone accredited. And I said, well, what's this accreditation thing? So I looked into it, and I decided that it was definitely worth it. Uh, it's not regulated through the government. Anybody can go and do an art appraisal, but you know, not anyone is experienced enough to do that appraisal and get the right work done for you. Appraisals are really an opinion. Just like a home appraisal, you take comparables, and you decide how much the value is worth, and you could have five appraisers doing it and come up with five different numbers. So you really want to get somebody that has that education education, has taken those classes, and is continuing to take education. I laugh, my husband's an attorney in the state of Michigan, and he does not need to ever do any more continuing education, okay? He is a, also an attorney in New York, and he does need to do hours there, but not in Michigan. But in Michigan, and when I do the art appraisals, if I want to continue my accreditation, I have to take 500 hours of continuing education classes over five years, every wow. five years. So it starts over again. Right, I'm like, wow, my husband's a lawyer. <laughs> it is a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start to do it, That's a lot. Twenty-seven hours. I know. So I mean, I'm always traveling. I'm always learning. I'm doing a lot of online courses where I learn about. I'll say, oh well, you know, I don't know a lot about the Asian art world, so I'll take classes on that and, and antiques. And I try to take a lot of classes on things that I don't specialize in, so I can become better acquainted with those works.
0: Wow. So you're really, you are, I still have my broker license in, in real estate, so I keep it. And the continuing ed is six hours a year.
1: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 500 for five years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right. Well,
0: that's a hundred hours a year, but you know what, Terry, it brings up a really good uh, conversation as far as it forces you to have to learn, to have to grow, to have to um, do things to advance your career. Because I think a lot of people just Frankly, don't. I think you're the type of person that would, regardless, you'd probably do 500 hour, 100 hours a year, even if you didn't have to. But a lot of people don't, and I think the 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 lesson is, if you even if you don't have to get it and do it to be accredited and keep your license, you still should be doing x amount of exactly. you know, dozens exactly. or hundreds of a year. Um, my right. my father was a dentist, and he had I can't remember how many hours he had to do. But he always did weight double or triple or quadruple. he was obsessed with learning, and that's where I get my growth my my you know my passion for learning I think as well so it's key so how do you um uh I love that you do that um any thoughts on that I, I don't want to hog the topic <laughs> no, it's,
1: it's, i I think it's great I think it's important i, I think it's you know, I do love to learn. My daughter calls me an art detective because if I get stumped and I do have a stump file, I promise my clients, I will find this one day and I will send you an appraisal for free. And in fact, I was just at that Hawkins Ferry MOCAD event the other night and there was a piece of art hanging in the house. I went and found the homeowner. I'm like, who is this? I have a piece by this person and I need to know. And she was so helpful. And I came home and I said to my husband i can 't wait. I love mailing them and sending a little note. I, I found the piece finally a year and a half later i've been looking for this piece and and uh, so i'm always learning and it's, it is important, especially with changing changing art world and the ups and downs, and the you know artists die and things change so it's really important to stay really current and that's and that's part of my my theory is you know definitely stay current
0: well, I think that's what also makes you successful you 're so current and you're so in the trenches that you're able to influence your clients that not only are you the right person to work with, but you're the right person to, you know, keep their collection and the collection management piece of your business, um, intact because you are ahead of real time as far as what's going on in, in the art world. So, um, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, talk a little bit about kind of the growth of your business and, 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 and where it is and where it's going and, you know. Uh, just a little so bit about when I business. first started
1: doing this, I was just like, I'm just going to do art appraisals, and I'd walk into a house, and I'd say, okay, show me your art, and I'd take pictures and measure and do all the information, and then one client said to me, wait, how much is that piece worth? <laughs> I could pay for my, son, my grandson's first year of medical school with that. Let's sell it. And I was like, wow. Let's sell it. So then I had to look into the ethics, obviously. That was the first thing I did about selling artwork. And then I made sure I was doing everything properly, and I said, okay, let's try to sell the artwork. And I went ahead, and I called auction houses, researched for her, and we sold the Chagall for $35,000. She gave the son money to her son, who paid for her grandson's medical school with it and uh, that blossomed into a whole new business because now when I walk into a house, I say let's talk about what we're going to do instead of let's do your art appraisals. Why are we really here? Are we here because you just want to know what your art's worth? Because that's okay. Are we here because you want to sell your art? Because that's okay too. Or are we here because your insurance company needs the appraisals? There's different appraisals for different reasons. So now I'm, I've am i become more and more aware of what the purpose of my being in the, in the home. And the, this art brokering and art Sending things to auctions has really opened up the world for me. I've, I've, I've learned about different artists. I've sold pieces. I just sold a piece last week to Germany. A four-foot canvas we're sending to Germany. I think the, the shipment's going to cost more than the art itself, actually. But <laughs> it's, been, it's been really fun. I deal with all kinds of people. I had a translator out of the Middle East calling me for a client that was buying a piece of art. And I've really just, instead of just doing the art appraisals now, I've opened up this whole world of selling art, which is was which is fun and fascinating and exciting. And watching the auctions, I get so nervous, but it's it's really uh great. And the other thing that I I started doing was this art, um, you know, like advising people. So going into these home, these large homes that have collections over the years and saying to them, okay, it's time to sell this piece. This artist's works aren't doing as well. Last year it was worth $200,000. Now it's down to 170000 and next year we're proposing it could be one fifty let's sell it now and put the money in something else, another piece of art, a different kind of investment. So it's really unbelievable. And this city and the area of Detroit has the most amazing collectors that really, really had foresight into what to buy in the 60s and 70s. And I walk into these homes sometimes and I think, I can't believe they're paying me to look at this art. I should be paying an entrance fee <laughs> to come into right. your house.
0: Right. Well, you know, you are a perfect example of, you know, you probably think I should be paying them to look at their art and for, for them to educate me on the, the backstory of where how they got the art in their home and you're a sh- you're a great example of somebody who is can complete alignment and loving what you do you keep it fun yet you still get nervous which i think is a really important part of business you always want to when you're when your stuff is on auction or something of that nature because that's when you know you're right. in the right place when it's fun and you're and you're nervous for the right reasons uh, and not for the wrong reasons so that right. is that those are Great stories and and I know when people listen to this they will be inspired to grow their business or you know walk over that bridge to start their own business, whatever it may be. Uh, Terry, share uh, whether it's your favorite book, your favorite article, your favorite piece of advice, your favorite this um, as we as we in our last minute together.
1: Alright, my favorite book of all time is called The Girl with the Gallery. It's by uh, author Lindsay Pollock. She's actually really young, probably under 40. And she wrote the story of an, a woman whose name was Edith Gregor Helper. And she was a, a 26-year-old woman who was an artist, and she couldn't get her art into any galleries. So she decided, you know what, I'm going to open my own gallery. And she started a gallery in Greenwich Village, which had no art galleries at the time, which is now one of the biggest art gallery places in New York. And she only took artists that wouldn't be accepted to other, uh, other avenues. So Jacob Lawrence, who was African-American, George O'Keefe, who was a no-name at the time, she was the first person to sell a George O'Keefe, and Stuart Davis, another African-American artist. And she had this tiny little gallery, and she made a name for herself, and she made a name for her artist. And she took very little commission, and she did what she wanted to do, was to make an art scene in New York. And she's the reason why there's such a huge contemporary art scene now in New York. It's totally her. She kept that gallery going for 40 years, and I, um, I adore this woman. I, I after I read the book, I was like obsessed with her. You know, I was. One, I, I would like to see Lynn Manuel make a musical about her. That's how great she
0: is. I love it. I love it. You know, that's <laughs> you know, you know, there, there's not a mold that fits, so you build your own mold, and that's uh, the ultimate disruptor. And that is. Incredible! I love it, Terry. Tell people how they can get a hold of you, and um, so if people want to call you or email you or check out your website, they can.
1: Sure, my email is um, well. The website is Detroit FAA, like Fine Art Appraisals at g- at uh, dot com. Um, The website's Detroit Fine Art Appraisals. My phone number is 248-672-3207. And I have an amazing web designer who created this piece on my website. So if you go on my website to DetroitFAA.com, click on Contact Us, click on Need an Appraisal. You can send me a picture of your artwork, and I will tell you whether or not it's worth having it appraised. And I have this probably... Five to ten a week now. This was all by my webmaster, and it was just an amazing concept for her to do, and it really is cool to see different artwork come in every day and and, uh, tell people, yeah, come and bring it in. This one's a good one. (laughs) It's fun. It's great.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's great, uh, of course, catching up with you, and it's great hearing your passion and your love for your business. Uh, and you are, uh, you know, have a great ability to connect not only with your clients, but people in general. So um, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and sharing your thoughts, your wisdom, and your advice. And uh, thanks, Terry. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, John. Talk All right. to you soon. Have Take a care. great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks, you too. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Think Big Movement podcast. For show notes and links to anything we talked about, please visit com. For additional best business practices, you may enjoy my latest book, The Think Big Movement. Grow your business big, very big. Lastly, if you want to talk to me about advising and coaching your business, please email me, john at johndwoskin.com, text or call me at 248-535-7796. Have an amazing day, an amazing week, and as always, think big. I got some pictures.